Another game, another loss for the Heat, who have now dropped seven straight games for the first time since 2008. There were a lot of quiet confusion in the locker room, but no clear answers on what's gone wrong. So we debate what, if anything, Miami can do to fix this. But is it time to wonder if this might be the end of an era for Jimmy Butler or the Heat? We break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com. Joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter David Rommel. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen Every day recording this after the heat loss to the Suns 118 to 105 on Monday night. This one wasn't very close, even though the heat did make a little bit of a push there at the end. But they have now lost seven straight games for the first time since April of 2008. They've dropped to seven and 16 against teams that are currently over 500. We're going to talk about how the heat can turn this around and if we're watching the end of an era. But first, David, I'm going to give you a multiple choice question. Hmm. Why have the heat? Lost seven in a row. Is it A, trade deadline anxiety, B, lack of effort, C, a talent deficit, or D, missed shots? Oh, wow. I thought, can I take E, all of the above? I, I knew you were going to do that. It's it's the reality, though, Wes. Like, I, I you know, you and I were texting about this and we're debating it. And, and there's nothing, like, specific. And, and, and in my recap against the Boston loss, and you're, you're, you're talking about what happened with the Knicks over the weekend, like, there are a lot of problems with this team and they just continue to mount. And I think it's years of over exerting yourself to try and challenge yourself during the course of an 82 game season, each and every night, knowing that you go into almost every matchup with a certain talent deficit. And that's just the reality. Like even as good as Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and to a lesser extent, Tyler here are in terms of being the big three for this group their skill set doesn't mesh so complementarily that they don't overpower anybody. They never do with the rare exception of when it all comes together during the playoffs. So when you look at what this team does and has to face every night during a regular season, it's exhausting. They miss shots. You succumb on defense. All of a sudden you start to feel the frustration, the mounting pressure, the just the exhaustion of having to do this again for another night. We've talked about this repeatedly. Like, when's the last time we saw a blowout win? I think Miami's had one this season, one win. That may mm. have been a blowout, and it was against a really bad opponent. I can't even recall exactly who it was. might have been the Charlotte Hornets. Other than that, it's every night of trying to find a way to grind out a victory. That was the case this season. It's the case last season. It's been the case for the four and a half years of the Jimmy Butler era. I think that's just a defining benchmark of this team. And given all that, it's just difficult to try and find a way to scrape yourself together and, and pull yourself together to find a way to win. And that, I just it's a tough situation for Miami. Especially this close to the All-Star break. This is considered sure. the dog days of the NBA and things like that. And this is but I agree with everything you said. And like you said, we've talked about this for a couple of years now where sure. just everything is so difficult with this team. I wrote a whole story about that exact thing for the ringer last year. How far can heat culture take the heat? And that's basically what we're talking about. How much can this team just grind out wins 
over and over and over again. And how far can that ultimately take them? Last year, it took them all the way to the NBA Finals, but they lost against a much more talented, better team in the Denver Nuggets. The year before that, it got them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they lost to a more talented team in the Boston Celtics. Two years before that, it got them all the way to the NBA Finals in the bubble, and they lost to a more talented team in the Los Angeles Lakers who weren't quite as injured as those Miami Heat teams. But it does get them as... It gets them far, but there's also a reason why this team has been so obsessed with adding a star, whether it's Damian Lillard or the guy that they played tonight in Kevin Durant. And you watch a game like this or even Friday night against Boston in that blowout win. And it is stark. It is jarring. It looks like they're playing like in a different league than the Celtics and the Phoenix Suns and not in a good way. Right. Because you have a guy like Jason Tatum with the, or basically every Boston Celtics player that game just couldn't miss a shot. And then a, a guy like Kevin Durant tonight who didn't even have an awesome night in Kevin Durant standards. 20 points on eight for 15 shooting did have seven assists because Miami had to double him uh, basically from the, the moment he touched the ball. But Kevin Durant at basically seven feet tall can get whatever shot he wants at any so time easy. and make any yeah. shot from all over the floor. And he could do it early in the shot clock. You talk about having to work hard like the Heat do, Kevin Durant does not have to work hard when the game is happening to get any shot that he wants. And it is unbelievable watching him play against even a quote-unquote superstar like Jimmy Butler, who was trying to guard him from the opening tip and couldn't do anything about it and then couldn't really score a whole lot when he was going up against Kevin Durant either. He had to go get switches and work really hard deep into the shot clock just to get his 26 points tonight. So I, you, it, it's... It, it's hard to win games that way. And it's, by the way, it's why the Heat don't win a lot of regular season games. It's not. And it's why I was arguing that they should trade for somebody like James Harden. Even just, whatever his yeah. postseason shortcomings are, and they are very real, he's a regular season innings eater. And they just don't have that guy. We're going to get to right. questions later on about whose offense is it? Why is Tyler taking so many shots and all this stuff? It's because they don't have a guy who's an innings eater. It's not Jimmy Butler. Yeah. He's never been that guy. And it just... it. The grinding is very, very difficult. The missed shots, by the way, is a problem now. Um, I asked Jimmy Butler about this after the game. I said, is the, are the missed shots feeling that they're starting to pile up? Because Eric Spolster talked about it in his post-game press conference. He's like, we miss a bunch of shots, and then we can't really come Demoralizing. back. We, it, it's demoralizing. We get frustrated. We stop doing the little things that make us great. And, and all that stuff is true. And you and I, like, like you said, we were texting about that exact thing during the game. It's just they keep piling up. And Eric Spolster was quick to point to that. I asked Jimmy Butler about those missed shots. He's like, I think the, the, the bad defense is piling up. So it's sort of a chicken or the egg kind of thing. All I know <laughs> yeah. is none of it's working right now. Right. The chicken hates the egg and the egg hates the chicken. <laughs> it's like, why did you bring me into this miserable life? Why couldn't you have just left right. me alone unhatched? I don't know. It, it, it's a, it really is a, a conundrum. And I think it's also, you know, as far as just X's and O's, or if you want to look at it from an encore perspective, like so much of Miami's easy offense during the course of this season and over the past four years with Jimmy on the roster, it's been defense leading to easy offense. Because other than that, you don't have that 30 points per per game um, guy who just can you know right. roll out of bed and get those easy points. Everybody has to work for it. It's getting a steal, forcing it over, turnover, that's breaking what up at the a pass. Of the fourth quarter tonight, wasn't it? Right, yes. Josh Richardson jumping yes. those passing lanes, Caleb Martin jumping yeah. those pass yep. lanes, fighting over those screens, like doing those things. There was one where Caleb little, fights over late, a screen, yeah. gets the gets that front leg over whoever was setting the screen. It was I think Eubanks at that point, uh, or maybe it was Nurkic, and and just jumps into that passing lane, gets a deflection. Josh Richardson and, and tosses it to Josh Richardson. Richardson runs the floor and gets a layup and. They had done that. They go on whatever it was, a 10-2 run to start the fourth quarter. They outscore 
Phoenix 25 to 10 at the start of the fourth quarter to kind of get the game back to 11 or 12 points or whatever it was. It was too little too late at that point, but you could see it happening like for stretches. They just can't sustain it because like you said, it's so hard for 48 minutes. Yeah, no, I know. And the key is to do it just enough during the first three quarters. And we've seen this recipe from Miami before last year, particularly was let's just stay just enough build or build up just enough of a lead and maintain it, knowing we're going to have to fight our way in the fourth quarter because teams are going to make a comeback, et cetera. And that's just been the reality for who Miami is this season. It just hasn't worked out, or at least during the course of the seven yeah. game losing streak. Cause I, something else that the broadcast and, and coach Ron Rothstein and something I've been wondering, is like, what has been the issue? Because it just seems like everything fell apart so precipitously and so quickly. I know that the numbers, and you've talked about this before a few weeks ago, the numbers showed Miami off. Miami's offense was a struggle. You pointed this out to me. Yeah, they beat up on bad teams, and this yeah. is just a tough stretch of their schedule. I totally get that, but it just Miami just seems like a team that just doesn't have the energy to continue to fight or even just hang, like tread water with these other yeah. teams. We've and, seen and them so go these- through stretches like this too. And I, I'll, I'll say, I, I think the they need this all-star break bad. And man, oh I, my this, God. Is, this is Groundhog Day. I remember having this exact conversation with you last yeah. year, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and two years ago, this team got into a brawl in March and ended up going <laughs> on, a, on a win streak after that. So that's right. Th- this team does kind of get in the mud for long stretches every season and they have to work their way through it and that's definitely a part of it i do go on i want to go back to the multiple choice thing i do think the talent deficit is real this year jimmy butler and i talked about this uh on the monday episode he hasn't played like a superstar and i know he never plays like the superstar in the in the regular season but he's been even worse this regular season than he's been in the past he was all nba last year he's not going to make all nba this year he's not even really nobody's even talking about him in terms of an all-star this year he's just not been that good And I think that's really where I start with this. And the talent deficit, to go back to the multiple choice part of it, is huge. When you are 7-16 and against teams that are are 500 or better, that's flatly bad, right? The Heat can't just keep beating up uh, on bad teams because once the playoffs are around, they got to play the good teams. And just because you beat those good teams last year doesn't mean you're going to beat those good teams who are better this year. So something's got to give. they got to fix something. Eric Spolster at postgame said, the level of urgency is extremely high. We got to mm-hmm. dig deep to get one win. That's what it's all about right now. We're going to talk about exactly how the Heat can do that after this. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Quiz. Today we're going to have some fun. We're going to test your Heat knowledge. Wes, this should be an easy one. Who, which player, I should say, holds the record for the most points scored in a single game for the Miami Heat. That's a pretty easy one. A couple options here. It's Wayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Alonzo Mourning, or LeBron James. You know the answer, Wes? This one's LeBron, right? It is. LeBron James led the Heat with, I believe, 63 points at one point. That seems that seems like almost an impossibility for this team, right? I don't know. Can he That's come a, back? <laughs> it would take two players now on the current roster to match that total, but that's a whole other conversation. But that's the whole point about quiz is quiz with three eyes. The next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for heat fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. You can play with friends or other fans and test your knowledge 
all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. You could just go to app.com. I'm sorry, dot quiz. That's Q-U-I-I-I-Z.com. Start playing today. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe at basketball. Go to app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now, showcase your skills, and take home cash prizes app.quiz.com where fans become champions today's episode is also brought to you by better help listen it's the new year so many people want to continue to build on good habits well better help helps take those resolutions and turn them into long-lasting improvements to your life if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient Flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made this year and visit betterhelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure you tune in throughout the week for our recaps of the game. We'll have a recap Wednesday night of the Sacramento Kings game. Hopefully Miami's uh, win to break this streak. We'll also be back before that with another episode breaking down all of Miami's problems. But let's jump into that topic now, David. Uh, seven straight losses for the Miami yep. Heat. You could feel in the locker room after the game the frustration with this team. Jimmy Butler didn't even want to come out to do his post-game press conference at the at the normal table because he just wanted to do it at the locker because he's just like, what? what's even the point? Why am I going to walk yeah. all the way down the hall when I can just sit here? I'm tired. This has been a hard season. Let me just sit here instead. Tyler Hero talking after. all Everybody just talking about, hey, we just got to do the hard things more often. And yet, every – myself included, and a lot of different reporters kind of asked the same question over and over again because we didn't really know what else to ask. All right, well, you keep saying you've got to do the hard things. Why aren't you just doing the hard things? And every time we, somebody asked some version of that question, they got, we got the, some version of the same answer, which was, I don't know. We just got to figure out how to do it. Whether it was from Spo, Jimmy, Josh Richardson, Tyler Hero, whoever it was. And so I guess I'll ask you, since I couldn't get an answer from any of them, what do they got to do to fix this thing? You know, I just got to do the hard things. Uh, I got to take, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it makes sense. Like there's a lot of frustration going on. I also think it just kind of piles up and there's this sense of like, it just takes one game. Right. And, and you talked about, you just mentioned it. Like they went through this last year. They went through this the year before they get to these moments and you just something break breaks, right. And then all of a sudden you're starting to think the fourth quarter, I think was actually, and we got to ask the question about this. Is this something you can build on? And no. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't. The Suns yeah, yeah. think in the fourth quarter. And that, that run was always going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. And maybe that's true. I think it's also the Suns' issues are more reflective of what they were like earlier in the season. I think they've been better since, you know, yes. things have turned around. They've gotten yeah. healthier, et cetera. You know, they face, they have a, a their, their big three of their own. Whatever. That's the, the, another issue good. there. Yeah, they do. I think. I think Miami showed more tenacity tonight than I think they've shown in a while because my during the seven game stretch, 
they've just given up these big leads and they just they don't make any effort, which is what I find more surprising than anything else. Because over the last few years, again, during this whole Jimmy Butler yeah. era, effort was always there. The results that didn't always translate right. into Ninja a victory. losses. The, yeah, right. But Effort you were going to try. Yeah. And I don't think this team has shown that effort. The fact that they did and they mounted that comeback today is a positive sign you know for me. That's that's fair. Yeah. And I think that's what they'll continue to build on. Maybe that's being optimistic. I know a lot of fans want to just say, screw this. Well, no, I was I was ready. Up. I was ready to if they were not. I was I was waiting to see if they were going to try to mount a comeback there because you're right. The Heat always come back. They don't always win. But if they're getting blown out, they don't usually. This team does not get blown out, right? The whole thing. Every right. coach, every opposing coach, every opposing team uh, player will say, "Right, this team makes you beat them. This team right. makes you beat them. They make you play all forty-eight minutes." Cliche, cliche, cliche. But all that stuff is true. And I was kind of curious to see in the fourth quarter if they were going to mount some sort of comeback and just make the Suns sweat it a little bit more. And to their credit, they did. Right, they had to play their players until the end. It wasn't like the Boston Celtics game, which was. One of those crazy, like, kind of flush it down the toilet type games because of the shooting percentages and the differences there. But so I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's something that you could build on because I don't know really what you're taking away from it that you can apply on Wednesday night against the Sacramento Kings. Other than if we play good defense and make some shots, we tend to be a better team. But I think they already knew that, you know. So I, I but but, I but you're right to... when you're saying that they 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 looked a little peppier and snappier at times <laughs> during this game. And that might be a step in the right direction because we also have to remember what the, the other team on the other side of the court. I know they were on the second night of a back-to-back having played in Orlando last night, but the fact that all three of their stars played on the second night of a back-to-back in Miami yeah. meant that they were up for this game. They wanted this yeah. game. And that team is flatly better than the Miami Heat are. And they ought to be. They have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and they're starting to figure it out. I did a whole show on Lockdown NBA last week after they had won six in a row or whatever it was. I was like, do we need to start thinking about Phoenix as a legit contender? Because that's how they've been playing. And so that there. team is better. They were supposed to win tonight. But I, I thought there were some things maybe that the Heat could build on. But if you ask the players after the game, they're not really acting like that. And I, and I think we no, got to go. Like, and, I, and I get it. Because this losing is misery and all that Pat Riley stuff and whatever. Th- this team needs to get one. This team needs to yeah. get one. And Sacramento Wednesday night, I think that's. I, I, I want to say that that's going to be when it happens. That's a tough trip for a, a, for a team coming from Sacramento. I, I I think they've got a good shot Wednesday night to snap out of this thing. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, I agree. And I think from there, I'm going to go so far as to say, I mean, this is a ridiculous prediction that nobody will buy right now. But I think if they win the next one, they'll win three, four in a row. Like, this is a team that can just kind of, kind of build off it because – what they need more than anything else, and talk about oversimplifying perhaps or cliche, they need to try harder. And that's really what it is. They, I really think it comes down to do they want to try e- harder? Just effort. Do they want to? I think it's hard for them to do so. And I will disagree with your takes on Jimmy. I know you've got a lot of mileage of late of saying he's not a regular season superstar, but I think the expectation for him specifically this season was that he wasn't going to be as even a star this season during the regular season because this year it was up to tyler hero and bam Adebayo to cover and carry the majority of the workload and they haven't done it bam did it earlier tyler has had his moments and this isn't a pass completely on jimmy butler because he has struggled or at least not played as well as he can 
But I think the expectation was that he wasn't supposed to carry Who's this expectation? Team. Jimmy's or the Miami Heat's? Because I don't think he'd expected this version of Jimmy Butler. I'm okay with him not going full tilt for against Milwaukee games, yeah. Bucks, New York Knicks type of thing right. for 82 games. But you can't do this either. You need to hit. There's a certain water level that you got to hit if you're Jimmy Butler. And I made this point yesterday. You can't be Tobias Harris. I know. I know. I, you can't I, I be. saw that. And you got to be something better. And that's what he's been. And and look, these last couple games, he has been better. 28 points against the Knicks. 26 points against uh, the Suns tonight. That's better. But I also want more than. I mean, 12. He did get the. He got to the line a lot more. This was a good. This was a. This was Jimmy Butler. This was a fine Jimmy Butler, the one we saw against Phoenix tonight. I also think it's unfair. Also, if you're talking about being unfair to Jimmy, it's unfair to ask guys like Tyler Hero unfair. and Bam out of bio. I'm not saying unfair. Okay, to but Jimmy. I'll say it's unfair. I'll say it's unfair then to Tyler and Bam to expect them to carry it for an entire regular season. No a good offense is carried by an unnatural scorer in Bam and credit all the work that he's put into on the offensive end. He is not a natural scorer. And that is almost more of credit to the fact that he's been able to average 20 points per game because he's got no business being a 20-point-per-game scorer, but he's I had think, to be. And he, and, and Tyler Hero is a natural scorer, but he's not a natural A1 in the NBA. He's not a yeah. big wing. He's not Kevin Durant or Devin Booker and these or these guys who it, it comes easy for them. He's got to work hard for all of his shots just because of his physical limitations. They all do. They all I do. Understand. That, this is just what this team is. like, And that's why they have a problem. It's a personnel <laughs> and, and issue, and that's kind of what we're getting it to. It doesn't yeah. work. It doesn't all work. All these things not in the are regular like, season. are so interconnected here. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can't – there's no one thing that leads to the other. They're all so connected. It's, you know – Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler, and I, I saw this criticism. It's like you can't talk about fit. You know, that's this the co's disposed job to fix it. It's like, well, what else is he gonna do? You can't just come, you can't force like Orlando Robinson or Thomas Bryant to be a 30 points per game scorer. That right. doesn't work that that's way. That's kind of why I laugh at the Tyler Hero stuff. It's like, does he have to come off the bench or whatever? It's like it's still the same players. It's still the same players. And I do I starting lineups and closing lineups and and and, and those things matter. You know, comb- player combinations, they matter. But they don't matter so much that all of a sudden you're going to be at the same level as the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns, who just outclassed you in these right. last few days. They just look, flatly are better basketball teams. And no amount of toggling Duncan Robinson and, and Tally Hero's minutes is going to turn into a Kevin Durant. Those right. guys aren't Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant's not coming off the bench. You don't have that option. So I don't know. I, we're going to talk about a few more of these things, just like you're, you were talking about there. Tally Hero. Should he continue to start? Do they have to stagger him and Terry Rozier more? And even moreover, if this is a personnel issue, what can the Heat do about that part? We're going to talk about that next year on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You know, so many of you, for so many of you, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite snacks and placing some super bets. But you know what? What do you like? Who do you like in the in the Super Bowl now? You got I'm the, not ready. To, I'm not ready to put that on air. I got to think about it a little bit more. It's Kansas City. They, it's a tough a really spread though. One and a half points for Kansas City. I mean, this that's a pick 'em. That's a pick 'em. Yeah. Well, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58, 
But FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown. I got to say, Travis Kelsey, he's kept that streak going. He looks pretty good. He's probably a good bet. And so much more. New customers, you join today, and you'll get $200. $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Every day or tune in tomorrow for another episode as we break down the Miami Heat's struggles. Maybe we'll do a mailbag. What do you think about that? We got like 30 <laughs> questions coming in after the game. I don't know. Maybe that's something we can get to. That's going to be a lot of frustration. Things. <laughs> uh, let's get to a few of these questions. Thanks to everybody who sent them in using that hashtag, AskLOHeat, on Twitter. I got two questions that I want to do quickly and a third question that we can spend some time on. So let's knock out the first two lightning round style. Richard writes in, who should run Miami's offense? Is it Jimmy or is it Bam and Hero? Kind of on the heels of what we were just talking about, David. You know, I I think it's Bam and Tyler. Unfortunately, I think Bam is hurt. I think he's been playing through injury and he's not 100% and he's being asked to do so much. Yeah, I think he's being asked to do so much in every other facet. And it's something he could have... He did easily last year, and he did it easily to start the season. He just can't do it right now. He's being asked to cover so many different things defensively, play, make, create offense, bring the ball up, etc. It's like this is a tough spot for him. And again, Tyler, as your natural bucket getter, I think he should be the guy to kind of just be the the release valve on offense, and neither of those things is happening effectively right now. Uh, Bam, three of nine tonight. There's just a lid on the basket. Wasn't getting any lift on those shots. I mean, he missed yeah. a bunny right at the basket, an underhand layup, yep. and he just he just front-rimmed it. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Bam lately, but his averages have just been down even since he came back from the hip injury. Does he make the all-star team? The hip injury. Yes, he'll make the all-star team as a reserve. The coaches will vote him in. But um, he's not going to play a whole lot in that all-star game. Um, he deserves it. I think he deserves it. The East is, if you kind of go through your list, I don't, the East is kind of shallow, especially in the front court. It's basically comes down to like Julius Randle's going to make it and Bam's going to make it just because you know, of the some front. Some people had him, you know, some people had, did not have Randle on that list. I think you're right. I think, but if you're looking at just the numbers, like Randle's probably a better option than Bam is. And I kind of, yes. oh yeah. yeah, I think, but I, that's what I'm saying. I think those, they're both going to make it and that, and that, that's it. I think, but we'll see. I mean, with, um, with Half the Celtics the roster. Sorry, no, Derek, I'm sorry. If Derek White makes the All Star list, I'm I'm uh, I like Derek White a lot actually as a player. But if he makes all, he's not an All Star player. Can we just agree that you could be a very good player without having to force you onto the All Star team? Is that all right? No, no, not if you play for the Celtics. Damn right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, in terms of the question, who should run Miami's offense? There's no question. It should be Jimmy. But as we just discussed, it's not gonna be. So then it has to be Bam and Tyler Hero. And they're not capable of doing it. We uh, Tyler here after the game actually talked about this, and I thought it was really interesting. The fact that he's trying to quote unquote sacrifice some of the the way that he plays in terms of handling the ball a lot, uh, kind of dancing around into those mid range shots and stuff like that. He's trying to be more of a catch and shoot guy. If I, I I tweeted the video of him saying it, and it got a lot of laughs on social media, and I understand why. Yeah. But let me say this: if you just look at the numbers. They are trending in a direction of taking more three-point attempts. Is it where it needs to be? No, it's not. Did he dance into a bunch of dumb mid-range shots tonight? Yes, he did. But I'll also say this. 
in the third quarter, Eric Spolster took a timeout and was very animated during that timeout and was looking at Tyler Hero. And obviously, I'm up in media row, section 107, all the way up high at the top of the lower bowl. And Eric Spolster is obviously down there on the floor by the bench talking to his players. So I couldn't hear what he was saying, but I could see him very animated and I could see him looking directly at Tyler Hero after Tyler Hero like bricked a couple of mid-range shots in a row. And what happened? He came out and Tyler Hero stopped taking those mid-range shots and he started taking those catch-and-shoot threes. I thought I thought that was very interesting that Tyler Hero was at least telling. listening to it and it was telling. And I think we're seeing him trend in the right direction there. So that's better. But in terms of running the offense, that's not running the offense. And I do not think Tyler Hero should run the offense because he's better as that catch-and-shoot guy. And like I said, Bam's not a guy who's capable of running the offense and doing all those things that he needs to do defensively, to your point. So it should be Jimmy, but it hasn't been Jimmy because it also can't be Jimmy apparently anymore, which is why Miami's in the rut that they're in right now. Another lightning round question. Tyrese writes in, if Tyler Hero or Therese, I think this Therese, is a pun. Therese, Therese. If, Ty- if Tyler Hero wants to start, should Terry Rozier come off the bench? It worked well for the Clippers when Russell Westbrook did it. It worked well for the Clippers when Russell Westbrook did it because Westbrook, A, can't space the floor, and B, he did it for James Harden. And the Heat don't even have James Harden. Okay? So I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters. We could debate whether or not Tyler Hero should start, but not within the Russell Westbrook context of these things. and not. Well, I think the question is whether Rozier, Rozier should come off the bench. Like, oh, like, like I, if Rozier... No, I don't think so. I don't think it matters. I don't think that no, stuff I don't matters. Think so. I, I actually liked what Rozier did tonight. Rozier had uh, 21 points on 8 for 14 shooting, 3 assists, 1 turnover. I thought he pushed the, the pace really well. I don't speak for Therese, but I think the concern is that he's somewhat duplicative of what Tyler brings in terms of being a bucket getter and maybe being oh. undersized and giving up something defensively. I don't think his defense has been bad. I think it's still kind of shaky considering he wasn't playing for much in Charlotte and he's still figuring his way out and getting his footing in Miami. I think it'll be better. But who yeah. the hell knows at this point? They did it to juice the offense. Keep him in there. Try to accomplish the goal that you did the trade for in the first place. All right, let's spend some time on this one. Professor X writes in, are we watching the end of an era right now? We actually might want to dive into this more on tomorrow's episode, David. Every day or let's save it. Let's Can I just it. say one thing in reference to the streak, the seven-game losing streak, the first time the Heat have lost seven games in a row since 2008? What happened that year? They traded Shaq. <laughs> it was Pat Riley's last season as a head coach. Yeah. And they ended up drafting Michael Beasley in the summer with the number two overall pick. They won 15 games that year. The Heat are obviously winning more than 15 games. They're not picking number two. But, and I don't think that they're trading one of their top two players between now and the deadline. But I do think if, and, and a seven game losing streak is not the end of the world. A lot of teams lose seven games in a row. It's actually amazing that they, the Heat haven't for this long. Um, but it does feel a little bit like maybe we're at the end of something. And if the, if the Heat just don't want to work hard anymore, we've seen this with teams that kind of run their course where they just don't have that oomph anymore. We saw like the end of the yeah. Clippers area with, with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. They just stopped caring. They hated each other yeah. by the end of it. And it, you just something's got to give you, and, and you, you start making personnel changes. So we'll dive yeah, into but, it more tomorrow. But th- these are the kinds of things thing- I'm thinking about. If there's one thing I could add to that, though, is, you know, this was the problem is that also Pat Riley had kind of lost that locker room and players were tired of him. And and Spo having just signed a long extension to remain a coach, <laughs> that isn't realistically an option. Like, I don't know. No, of course I'm not. not. I'm not, I'm not recording this. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying this, but I wonder how much of that is a problem. Like, I wonder if, you know, again, Spo is perfect for what this team has been like over the last four years. And we've joked about this before. He loves these grinded out games. He loves playing, quote unquote, in the mud. 
but there's also some emotional wear and tear that, that teams and players go through. And I wonder whether or not they've just reached a boiling point the way they did and with usually, Riles in 2008. If, if this if if the coach loses the locker room, if his voice no longer registers in that locker room and motivates those players, we've seen it with LeBron teams where that coach doesn't have that sway anymore. They fire the coach. But you fire the coach because you got LeBron. This team does not have a LeBron. This team does not have an in his prime right. superstar. Jimmy Butler, even if he has been the superstar, he's been that guy. He's also 34 years old and due for an extension that he's not going to get the way that he thinks he's going to get. He's not getting That's 60 Miami. million plus. Right. He said, I want Jalen. He told Ira Winterman or Ira. I don't know if he told Ira, but Ira had that sourced report before the season. He's looking for Jalen Brown money. He ain't getting Jalen Brown money. I got news for him. It's not happening. Not for a 34 year old aging player. It just doesn't work that way. So. Like you said, and Spo just signed the extension, so he's not going anywhere. So do the math on that, listeners. Uh, we'll talk more about whether or not this is the end of an era and get to some more of those questions and diagnose exactly what's going on with the Miami Heat and what they can do to right the ship on tomorrow's episode. But for now, thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.